All right, hello everybody. Tamara here. Welcome to with Coffee with Tamara podcast. I always have my coffee because I'm way too caffeinated <laughs> most of the time. I even have coffee before I come to 5 a.m., which wow. other people just roll out of bed and come, but I need to get up early so I can have coffee. Yes. Anyways, speaking of 5 a.m., my gym, um, I'm here with Fred Dayton, who is the founder of Mach 983 CrossFit and the owner and the fearless leader and all the things that we want to say. And um, just to put it into context of why I wanted to have this interview, because uh, Fred has no prep. I just was like, I'll be there at 1030. Be ready to talk, uh, which is how I love it because it's more raw. But is I think, Fred, you've done an incredible job of building a community at a gym. And I've been in CrossFit for like 10, 12 years now. And there's a lot of great gyms out there, but none of them have done for community and not just community in the gym, but outside the gym, too. I think the way you have. So I wanted to have a conversation with you about it. So awesome. Welcome. I look forward to it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me today. Tell us a little bit. I mean, I know a little bit of your story, but give us the highlights just so that kind of we know how to think about what you're saying and who you are. Yeah. So I'm Fred Dayton. I uh, grew up in Maryland. So born on the East Coast. Um, what brought me to Colorado was my work. So I work full time for the federal government. And I came out here um, with my wife, two kids. Um, we fell in love with nature. We fell in love with all the great things that Colorado has to offer. Um, and yeah. And then you never leave because once you're and then Colorado, you never leave. You never yeah. leave. So I want to start actually by asking you about taking the leap to start a CrossFit gym. Um, I think a lot of times people have a passion for something that they do, mm -hmm. right? So whether that's CrossFit or making clothing, like whatever it is. And then, but there's a difference, I think, between loving something and deciding to be all in and then offer that thing to other people. So will you talk just a little bit about that journey for you of yeah. like, I work full time and I'm going to go do this thing that also is full time? <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. It was a really scary task um, when I came up with the idea, um, but it all starts about nine years ago, right before my oldest daughter was born. Um I was out of shape. I didn't have a healthy outlet to let any of my energy out. Um, it just was in this constant spiral that um, didn't provide me fulfillment. Um, I started to look for healthy outlets and I found CrossFit. Um, so I started doing it and instantly it connected with me personally. Um, the competition aspect, the constantly varied aspect of it, the constantly challenged, always something to work on. Um, it just fell in love and it had a really special place in my heart. I fell in love with it so much. I decided that I wanted to coach others. I wanted to show other people how much uh, CrossFit means to me. So I went out and I got my L1. It was on a whim and I didn't know where it would take me. Um, this was when I was living in Maryland and I started coaching at a gym there. Um, I got even more fulfillment out of coaching others, showing individuals how to lift safely, showing them how to perform in the gym properly to keep them safe and to get that same fulfillment that I got out of CrossFit. It was it was a lot of fun. So I started coaching and yeah, so I moved to Denver. I started coaching here. 
I found an amazing organization called Forging Youth Resilience Denver. Actually, at the time, it was called Steve's Club. We rebranded, now it's Forging Youth Resilience. Um, so I started coaching with them. We were at a house over um, in Park Hill on Pontiac. Uh, amazing group of young athletes. Um, and from there on, I kind of realized that I had more to give. Um, I was working this full-time job, and I knew that this CrossFit community or this community needed a CrossFit gym that was community focused, that we could offer more to the community than just fitness. Um, so we really focused on our partnership with Forging Youth Resilience and what they had to offer the community of Denver. Um, we, as an organization, realized that there are teens in this area that, that need a healthy outlet. And much like myself, growing up, finding CrossFit, finding that, filling that void, I wanted to offer that to the teens in the area. So that's kind of why, or the kind of the foundation of how we came up with Mock was my desire to help the community along with uh, helping the teens in the area that didn't have access to fitness and CrossFit. So I want to ask you, this is so good, and I, I hadn't heard your story before, so it's good to hear the whole the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And for full disclosure, I think most of the people who listen to my podcast know I'm on the board of fire because I believe very strongly in it too, for other reasons. Um, but it's just such a powerful, it's a powerful organization. So, but I want to ask you a question about something. Um, so shockingly, not everybody in the world does CrossFit. Mm -hmm. Turns out everyone wants to hear me talk about it all the time. Sorry. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> um, but there's something magical about it about how it all works. And you mentioned kind of, you know, a couple of the elements of it, the competition. I think there's something in tracking your progress or something in the group struggle, even though you're doing it on your own, oftentimes that happens. Um, but you also mentioned having an outlet for mm -hmm. energy and you didn't have it before mm -hmm. you needed an outlet. And I think oftentimes for people, it's not just about getting fit, mm -hmm. at least the people that I know in this community, it really is about having an outlet for that kind of kinetic energy on the inside, for lack of a better way to say it, or the stress or the creative, you know, side of you that you don't have. What we talk a little bit about that because I, I sense that's the same for you too. It's like it's not just about having mm -hmm. muscles, but it really, it's an outlet, like it's a channel, which is different. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's obviously the you know the competitive side. There's the getting fit side of it. Um, but what a lot of people don't realize when it comes to CrossFit or CrossFit community, um, it's really a family. It's building those relationships in your class that you go to every day. It's understanding the the needs and wants and desires of other people in your in your classes and really understanding how you as a person can help make their day just a little bit brighter. Um, we see it as coaches. You know, maybe it's somebody. Um, getting a first pull up or doing a snatch for the first time or getting a double under whatever whatever that x is um, we see that as coaches a lot um, but as a member in a class and just being able to contribute um, what you have to offer it really goes a long way for the individual you don't know the struggles you don't understand maybe you don't understand the struggles they're going through or what they're going through at that point in their day um, but just giving uh 60 minutes of all, all you got is really goes a long way. And CrossFit offers that to me. It offers that to a lot of members that we have here. Um, it offers to a lot of people around the world. It's a worldwide organization. Um, and people see the value. People know the value. Um, so it's really cool to see 
um, just how we've grown as a community, um, how we have this little family and we know each other and we know each other's struggles and we understand like, hey, if, you know, tomorrow's not at 5 a.m., you know, we'll see her tomorrow. And we'll, we'll push her a little bit to get there. Um, it just, it's just really cool to see that kind of family ecosystem play together. So CrossFit does do all that. And Fred, because you're too humble to really say it, I think you've done a really incredible job job of creating community. Not like I said, not just in the gym, but with your, like the community that you're a part of, the where this building is, right? Like the community yes. we're really a part of. Um, and they're really, I mean, it's horrible to say, but I, I've been to a lot of CrossFit gyms. I've been in it for a while now. I haven't seen that before, right? They tend to be, and I don't mean to throw anybody under the bus. Sorry, if you're listening, I still love you, but um, they tend to be people who love CrossFit and then open a gym. And that's great, right? Nothing wrong with that. It has a lot of benefits, but you've taken the community side of it to a whole new level. And there was no, I, I would argue there was no template for that Definitely. before. Yeah. You did it. So will you just talk a little bit about kind of how you think about community? I mean, we just to put it into context for people, we had an event is that two weeks ago now. Two Days weeks. run it for me. Um, and it was to, to support fire. And it was the more successful than you and I planning it behind the scenes really thought it was going to be right. Like we yeah. were shocked. But what also moved me wasn't just the unbelievable amount of money we raised with mm -hmm. a small group of people and how much people gave, but the fact that there were four gyms mm -hmm. in it competing with us. Mm -hmm. So normally that doesn't happen, right? Normally we stay in our lanes and people stay in their worlds. Mm -hmm. So we just, just talk about community because to me, there's a key to success in there that we often miss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, it all started, you know, when we opened the gym, I realized that um, a big part of who we wanted to be as an organization, as a gym, was uh, we wanted to give back to the community, whether that's offering classes to teens or partnering with the brewery down the street, the coffee shop down the street, the meal delivery service down the street, whatever it may be. We wanted to make sure that we were in a close partnership with that organization, not just to help each other out, but to come together and help when, you know, when needs arise. Um, the community here in this little area we have here has been phenomenal. Um, they've helped us out with our charity event. Um, they've been here. They provided coffee for the event. There's been a lot of things where they've given back to us and we've given back to them. Um, where do I want to take that? I don't know, but to me, it's like, I don't know if you've ever really thought of it this way. So maybe this is putting you on the spot, but, um, I think as, as an entrepreneur myself, mm -hmm. it's very easy to hold ourselves up and do our business, right. And stay in our mm -hmm. lane. And I know I've been guilty of that in the past and I've worked really hard. I believe very strongly in collaboration and community, yeah. but that's easier said than done. Um, and when you went out and asked for sponsors for this event, people were like, yeah, okay, whatever you need, just tell me what you need. And yeah. I, there was no resistance. And I think that that's a really special gift to to give to not just the kids that we serve, but to the people in the community, the business community, the people who live in this community, mm -hmm. like all of it. Yeah. So it just, to me, it's an intriguing so like yeah, it's how a, you how it's how you walk in the world, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. It's an interesting, interesting thought. And I, you know, I think about it sometimes. And if if there is a competition for bringing people together and being able to connect two individuals, I think I would be the I would be the winner win. of that. You'd win. And, and I don't know how or why or where I learned that in my life. Um, it's just something that comes natural to me. I love seeing two people that may have never met in this world come together and 
you know, hit some of the same goals, or maybe, you know, this person would be successful without this person. If I can bring those two people together and a shared goal or shared outcome is achieved, like that's what brings me a lot of joy. Yeah. So I think like thinking back to the partnerships, I never saw it as I just, it was natural, right? Like I, there's a brewery, there's a coffee shop. Like I wanted to partner with them. And at the time, I didn't know what that at what capacity. Um, now we have a run club with, you know, the brew. We have a run club with yeah. the coffee shop. And um, yeah, it just didn't it just didn't never occur to me when we were starting, like I was going to get some benefit or I was going to get something out of that. Um, it was just natural. Like I wanted to I wanted to know the ownership. I wanted to know how I could help them, how I could be a good steward in the community. Um, yeah. So I think the lesson, like as I'm listening to you talk, Fred, I'm thinking for all of us listening that to really be reminded of, you don't have to know what you want out of the partnership to make the partnerships. Because you kind of said like, I didn't even know how this was going to pan out. I just knew I wanted to meet these people. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a reminder to all of us there of, you don't need to know the end goal necessarily. You don't even have to have an end goal. Just yeah. build the relationships and those kind of, all those strings out there will make everything stronger for everybody. Um, and the other thing that you said that I think you're really good at is being of service to others. Um, like it has, um, I never say their name right, Glissade. Glissade, yeah. Yeah, nailed yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and I was just there. You would think I would know. <laughs> um, but like the coffee shop, so they donated, they they sponsored the event and you've gotten to know them. But to really say like, what what can they get out of it that you mm -hmm. can provide them too? Yeah. I want to <laughs> ask you though about, in starting the business, yeah, I mean, nothing, that's a hard one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, well, nothing's ever a shoe in, like yeah. nothing's ever guaranteed. So you could do everything right and things could go wrong. You could do everything wrong and things can go right. And usually it's somewhere in between. <laughs> what were some of the biggest obstacles you faced doing this, opening the gym? And how did you, how did you overcome them? Uh, my wife and I actually talk about this a bunch and I never realized this was a thing for me. I didn't even know it was a thing. Um, but it's self-sabotage. Mm -hmm. It's uh, understanding that it's pretty much putting yourself in a box and limiting yourself where, you know, you didn't think you could overcome something or didn't think you could do something. And a lot of self-doubt, um, like I'd never opened a business. I had never done any of this before. Going into it, I didn't know if it was going to be successful. I didn't know if it was going to fail. There was a lot of that understanding and figuring out for me personally, diving deep and figuring out where I, where it's maybe, you know, a, a bad thought that, you know, isn't real, or maybe it's something that, um, that I can overcome with maybe talking to somebody, my wife, she's a big, you know, a big helper in me personally in the business. Um, so talking to her about like maybe failure and understanding where things may or may not go as planned. Um, so that was like a real big thing, a real big fear for me, um, was that self-sabotage, like, do, are people going to see the gym as an awesome gym, a safe place to come and work out? Um, or is it going to, you know, hit fall flat on the floor and not work? So, so wait, before you go on, I want to ask you, because to me, uh, self-sabotage, that's one of my biggest challenges without a doubt, or almost self-limits of like, well, I should only ask for this much money because they'll never pay me that much. Or yeah. I should only go and call this person because they'll never, <laughs> this person's not even going to pick up the phone. Who am I kidding? Like that they, for me, Tamara, um, can you give me some examples of that, of where, where you saw that come to life for you? Yeah. Yeah. So 
I mean, anytime I meet a potential new client, like I have this fear about even telling them about how much the gym costs. I know gym in the CrossFit world, you know, it can be a little bit more expensive, but like just that fear that runs in me. And I know, I know the product that we have. I know what we offer. It's, you know, way more than what the price that we're offering. I know that. But just every single time going through the motions of meeting a new person, you know, explaining CrossFit, explaining the gym, explaining how we add value to their life, and then getting to that last little bit of this is going to be the cost. And I'm like, but I know deep down, like you're going to like it's it's hard to really put it in words when it's like, here's going to be the cost for your monthly health and fitness and community in your life. What I really appreciate, though, Fred, about what you're saying is. It, it, it gives us all a little bit of permission to hold both thoughts. So I can believe that my value or my product's value is top notch and I can be concerned that nobody's going to pay for it. I think sometimes we think it's an either or, but it's really both, right? It really is both. It's really understanding like where, what people's motivations are and what I have to offer them. It's definitely, yeah, it can be both. It's not funny though, because no matter how many how many times you hear that your members love it, still it's like the cost is, and then you like do the backwards like, dance yeah. and start talking on your heels, yeah, even though you know it's totally worth it. Yes, yes. It's so funny. So. I feel like we often do that. Um, I'll do that with even like everything from lifting a certain amount of weight. Like if I don't know the weight, I can lift a lot heavier. <laughs> Seriously, the other day I accidentally hit a PR because I thought it was less than it was. I was not, you know, math at five o'clock in the morning. It's not my strong point, Yeah. but I was laughing at myself because I thought, well, how many times in life do I hold myself back? And then how many times do I succeed just because I'm not really, I'm not paying attention to whatever that number is, whatever that yeah. thing is, you know, like, it's so funny that we, that we do that. So I want to go back um, to, I want to go back to the event we held the other week with those kiddos and uh, one of the things that happened is the kids shared their stories, which was really a gift to all of us. Cause just for those listening, these are young men who live in a transitional home. So they can't be in their communities. They can't be in their schools for whatever reason they've been pulled out. Mm-hmm. And now they're in this place, which hopefully integrates them back into society at some point. And they're great kids and they come from a lot of different backgrounds. So they were sharing their stories um, to the rest of the community, which was like, like I said, I think to me is a real gift for the rest of us to, that they would even do that. And you were practically in tears <laughs> and a couple other people were too. How the experience that you've had helping some of these youth and the, and the power of that type of giving. I started coaching with Forging Youth Resilience a little over three years ago. Um, I went into it with the same mentality I had with adult classes. I wanted to see these athletes do a pull-up for the first time, do a double-under for the first time, whatever hard technical movement, I wanted to see them achieve that. That was my goal going into it. I quickly realized that that it was not, it was way more than that. It was um, more of me being accountable to myself for showing up every single week, um, not just coaching these teens in CrossFit, but coaching these teens in life, um, we all have a unique story and we all have a little bit to give back. And I really connected and I really still to this day, as new athletes rotate through the program, I find a really deep connection which with each athlete that comes through the program. And that could be 
a shared life experience um, from my childhood. It could be um, something that I experienced in high school. It could be something I experienced in college, but a shared experience or a shared feeling even that um, that I really connect with each and every athlete that's in that program. And when they started sharing their stories, like a little bit of that emotion started to come up and it really resonated with me that we're making an impact. We're doing, we're doing more than just CrossFit here. We're doing life mentoring. We're really setting, trying to set up these athletes for success. Um, they come to class, you know, expecting a hard workout. Um, and they leave with much more than that. Um, myself, other coaches at the gym, other athletes at the gym, they see the impact that they're having on these athletes' lives on a micro level on every single class and then at a macro level and when they get jobs for the first time. And the first person they tell, sometimes it's me. And the first person they're excited to share this information with is me, another coach at the gym, another member at the gym. I see that and it really... It really gets me emotional and I'm starting to get a little emotional now just thinking about um, some of the conversations that I've had um, and they're not on the surface conversations. They're much deeper and they're meaningful to them, which makes it really meaningful to me. And just having that shared experience um, these last three years and for many, many years going forward, like it's it's invaluable um like i said i went into it with a different kind of mentality i went into it with a little bit different approach and boy did i boy was i wrong i it was yeah it was life-changing it has been life-changing and to this day like it's life-changing what would you say to people who like they love the idea of giving back but i don't have the time i don't have the money i don't have the energy i don't know where to do it um you know what do you say to them? Yeah, there's multiple ways to give back. And um, I would say for anybody that's looking to give back, you know, maybe it's forging youth resilience, maybe it's a homeless shelter, maybe it's, you know, whatever is you're passionate about, just start with one day. Just go in, give a half hour of your time. Just sit there, just listen, just be present and be ready to listen, be ready to talk. If somebody speaks to you, just being in the room and being, being able to give somebody a different perspective, being able to give somebody some advice some mentorship is, you wouldn't believe this. It's more than enough. And I see it every day when we coach these fire athletes, like people always ask me, Hey, I don't have my CrossFit certification, but I want to help. I just, I tell them, come to class. Here's the days of the week. These individuals will be in class. Just show up in class. Just say hello to them. A lot of times um, individuals, they, they don't have anybody positive in their life. And just having that one positive interaction can be the difference in that individual making a good choice and making a bad choice that day, that week, that month, whatever it may be. But just being present and being positive, that goes a really long way. 
what have you personally, like really you gotten out of all of this, the community you've built, the kids that you've helped, the adults that you've helped, all of it? I think for me personally, um, it's made me a better man. It's made me a better father. It's made me a better husband. Um, I can connect more with my emotions. I can connect more with other people's emotions, showing them empathy. These are things that as males, we don't normally talk about a lot. And I think showing some of the bravery of these teens and these athletes come to me with questions and advice and showing me that their emotions, like it's allowed me to be all those things that I listed, be a better person and just offer more to the community that I didn't think I had to give. Um, and it's really opened me up, you know, as to be a better human. So I'm going to ask what's an obvious question, but I want to hear you talk about, which is you mentioned empathy. Why is that so important? Yeah. I mean, empathy, it's, uh, it's showing the compassion for individuals that may or may not understand at the time what they're going through at the time, like how to process something and just showing a little bit of human interaction that, you know, could make or break a decision that they have in their life. Um, it's just really connecting on a whole different level with individuals um, rather than the, Hey, how you doing? How's the weather? Um, empathy really brings two individuals together. And I think just, you know, empathizing with anybody, anybody in this world, you know, it could be a fire athlete, a person that walking down the street, um, just showing a little bit of compassion for their situation makes us a stronger, stronger um, society. So uh, I, I can't remember if I told you that my youngest, he's not, he just turned 15, but he went to Outward Bound for three weeks and did this whole sailing, packing, like yeah. epic adventure. And one of the things they made him do on Outward Bound or asked him to do is write a letter to someone who's made an impact in your life. Mm -hmm. So he wrote me a letter. So you get it like three weeks later. I know, right? It came in the mail. I was like, oh my okay. gosh. But what, what amazed me about it was he said in there, he's writing a letter to me because he's really um, admires how do you say it? I'm not going to get the language right. Basically, he said, it, I really admire the way you help other people find their greatness. And it came, I asked him about it. And it came from, he went to a fire class with me one day when we were at the library, the Montbello Library location, and just hung out with us and did the, the workout with us. And as you were talking, it reminded me of kind of a little bit of what you were saying, which is you don't even know the impact you're making on someone else. Like I had no idea my son was even paying attention. <laughs> He's 15. Like, I don't know. I'm yeah. always on him about his haircut and standing up straight. Like yeah. I didn't think he was paying attention. It just, people are really, they're paying attention a lot more than we realize. Don't you think? Oh, definitely. I think, you know, I mean, it could be, maybe you don't understand or maybe you don't realize at the time, like, that simple hello, or how are you doing? Or, you know, how was school this week? How was prom? Like those simple, yeah. really small questions um, really can make a difference um, in somebody's life. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we see it all the time with the fire athletes, you know, they're teenage boys. They come in here that, you know, the, the, the rig is a monkey bar, like they're bouncing around. <laughs> yep. um, and, you know, believe it or not, like, like if they're new, you, um, or if they're more experienced and they, and you know, that kind of 
falls to the wayside a little bit. Maybe they become a little more mature. Maybe they, you know, stand up a little straighter when they're coming into class. And what we offer to offer to them uh, projects onto kind of their yeah. uh, perspective on life. And then hopefully, right? And I think they do. They carry that outside the gym. Most definitely. Too. So I always tell like a story, um, you know, when we first opened the gym, we would host, you know, these fire athletes, they would come to class. Um, a lot of times they were never in a group setting like this. So they would come in, they would throw their jacket on the ground. <laughs> uh, maybe they would change their shoes, uh, but it was all like out and open, just not normal kind of um, what you wouldn't see like in a, in a, in a class setting. Um, over time, like that changed. Like we have cubbies for like our clothes. They put them there. Um, they change their shoes like where every other person changes their shoes. They fill the water bottle up before class. Like just things like that I have never once said to any of these people, like, hey, don't throw your jacket on the ground. But just from seeing how other athletes modeling, modeling yeah, how yeah. other athletes are doing certain things um, that just really kind of changes their behavior. And I think like, yes, we're doing all this in class in a class setting, a 60 minute period. But I think like that translates to school for them. That yeah. translates to the house they're living in. That translates to, you know, the job that they're going to work. Um, that respect and that understanding that we've never said, but, you know, our actions, you know, speak louder than words sometimes. So I want to go back to something else you said, because I think it's really important. I don't want to gloss over it. And I think it's really important, especially in the world we're in, where we are so dug into our opinions, our perspectives, um, our beliefs. Um, I'm right. You're wrong. Like I just that's kind of the world we're in right now. So you talked about sometimes just be prepared to show up and listen. And that can be really powerful. And. I mean, I'm on a mission to just go and listen to people and hear their stories. It's like my favorite. It makes me happy. I get so much out of just hearing other people and putting spotlight on other people. But you had said, like, sometimes you just have to be prepared to show up and listen. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I, I think we're in a world where nobody, people are not listening or we have, we're listening less. So will you talk a little bit about why for you personally, that, that was something that came up for you and why that's so important. I think, like I said, especially in today's world, I just think today it's even yeah. more so needed. So I think for these, you know, especially for these teens that we, you know, we coach in CrossFit. Um, but I'm going to argue, I think it's also for kids too. I mean, kids, adults too. Like I think yeah. people don't feel heard. Uh, I think for these teens, like we coach, you know, with Forging Youth Resilience, um, I don't think they feel that they have a voice. I don't think they've mm -hmm. ever felt that they've had a voice. True. Um, you know, they're already showing up to life with maybe a disadvantage maybe their home situations not traditional um maybe they don't even have a home maybe they're living on the streets um whatever their background is i i think you know coming into their teenage years um you know it could be fire it could be anybody you know at a local high school or middle school i don't know if they have the right the right tools to know that they have a voice yet and be able to express that. Um, so I think it's a lot um, of the work that we do in CrossFit, a lot of things that we do here, it's very empowering. Um, it really brings out characteristics and in individuals that we didn't think or they didn't think that they had. 
um, being able to speak up into like a class and provide input to the coach or other athletes or be able to show, you know, support for somebody say good job. Like, you know, we just did the same workout together and it may be the hardest workout we've ever done together, but just, you know, being able to express those feelings to another person gives that individual a voice that maybe they didn't think they had. So, I mean, that's true for adults, right? Like, you know, teenagers may not have the right, you know, tools provided to them or right parenting or right mentoring to provide to them. But adults, like, you know, we transition to that and like, maybe we don't, maybe we don't have the voice that we thought we had, um, or maybe it wasn't the right voice. Um, we're always growing as people. We're always learning. I think listening is a lost art that we need to get back. And I, I love how you talked about the, the gift that you're giving someone else is the power of their voice. Mm. And we don't have that enough. Um, and people just, I, I've often believed, and I think it's been, tr- my experience has shown it to be true that people don't need to be right. They actually need to feel valued and heard. So we think people need to be right. So we're convincing people all the time of everything. Mm-hmm. But in reality, we just want to be heard. That's yeah. all. Like, it's pretty, it's pretty freaking simple at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me ask you a question about transformation. So again, I can't remember if I ever told you this, but years ago, I was at a nonprofit event for Phoenix for the yep. alcohol recovery. Yeah. And Greg Glassman was there, the founder of CrossFit before he was ousted and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And I was so excited. Right. <laughs> and so I saw him leaving before everybody else saw him leaving. So I, I was in heels and like this, right. I was in like super high heels. So I'm like, click, 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 click across. So I like what made a beeline to the hallway yeah. to talk to him. And he, he was actually lovely to me, regardless of like, whatever you think of him now, mm-hmm. he was lovely. And then, then there was this moment of silence and then no joke. I blurted out, you're the reason I got divorced. so awkward right and what i was trying to say was you are the reason like crossfit like this community these people Mm -hmm. what we built together like that's the reason i i went from being uncomfortable in my own skin to being really confident going after the things i really wanted in life and removing myself from the things that weren't serving me so i'm curious about like when so i've had my transformation Mm -hmm. right and then i come in here at Mach 983, and I see other people going through it, like they're in the midst of it. I can see it in other mm-hmm. people now, and it's so ex- I'm so excited for them when I see it. Yeah. Will you talk a little bit about what you think happens inside this gym for people and why this in particular lends itself to that type of transformation? Because I've done all the other fitness stuff too, and I never got it from the other stuff. Like, sorry, but it's not, there's something magic that happens here. Yeah. Yeah. It's something, yeah, it's something spe- very special we have in the yeah. CrossFit community. Um, I, I mean, I think it all stems from, you know, the community aspect of it. Yes, we have our abilities, you know, a left and right, we may or may not be able to achieve a certain thing based on physical limitations. But having that community support, and being, you know, a, a family really helps someone see different things in a different way. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's, you know, you know, you're trying to get your first pull up and, you know, maybe you're, you don't have the physical ability at that time. So you train your body um, and you train your muscles and you, you know, you figure out a way, a path to get to that pull up. Um, Whereas in the CrossFit community, yes, you're training those muscles. Yes. You're working out. Yes. You're working towards that physical goal. But maybe it's a little bit of camaraderie that's in that class, the energy in that moment. And they're like, hey, Fred, today's the day. Like, get yourself up on the pull up bar and you're going to do a pull up. 
and that little bit of energy yeah. that you had left, you may physically be able to do it. You may not, but that little bit of energy that is coming from that community, coming from that family, like you're probably going to get up over that bar. Like you're probably going to get that physical, uh, that physical achievement that you never thought was possible all in all in that little bit of motivation, that little bit of energy from, from the class or from an individual pushing you. So do you listen to Andrew Huberman at all? So he does, he's a, a researcher at Stanford and I heard, I'm going to botch this up a little bit, but I heard a podcast with him the other day and it was talking about how, uh, neuroadrenaline is it neuroadrenaline gets depleted as we like lose our willpower and our build like when you're going through a tough situation your energy kind of goes down and down you think you have nothing left to give mm-hmm. and a little bit of external motivation actually re- refills it from kind of a, like more from like what's happening with the chemicals in the brain so i think you're right i i i think there's something in the support and knowing people are there but there's also some physicality and something's going on in our brain that's like the minute someone else is like you can do it like you think you can you know so i, I didn't like like all that medical stuff I yeah. don't understand, but like exactly what you described is pretty much me in a day, day yeah. daily life. Like, like I may be run down from the million things that I have going on personally at work, uh, at home with my family. Um, and I come to the gym, maybe I'm drained. Maybe today's not, you know, a day that I'm going to go out and do PR, you know, have a PR or whatever. Um, but I see other people and I see their excitement of being there. And it just takes me, to another level. Like it really motivates me. And I'm like, maybe I should be here. Maybe I should be doing something that I didn't think was possible, mm. you know, 20 minutes ago and all that, you know, yeah. what you described yeah. from, you know, you know, the brain and refilling, you know, everything like that's, yeah, that's, that's me. And that's probably what a lot of people here in the gym experience um, probably daily. I think it's true for the gym and the camaraderie and the community. And I think it's true in giving back. I find that when I feel uh, unmotivated, down, lacking in energy, annoyed, or whatever my mood is of the day that's not the positive one, that the minute I start working on the stuff that's towards those kids, I feel better and everything comes back into place. Do you feel that way too? That it just, I don't know, like if I'm ever just not getting it, if I'm stuck, I'll just shift gears to focus on someone else and then things fall into place. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely true for me personally. Um, Maybe I'm thinking about like, the next way or next partnership that we can have. Maybe it's a different group of athletes that we need to get in the gym. And it definitely uh, brings that negative kind of energy and shifts it to a more positive energy. I definitely see that a lot um, for me um, in this space. Um, but I think a lot of that comes just from working out, right? Um, I get a lot of you know emotions out when I'm here at the gym. Like, Maybe I had a bad day at work. Maybe, you know, my kids are, you know, not, you know, being the best that day, but, you know, coming here and just, you know, getting that energy out, like it definitely, um, it definitely helps. So what advice do you have for people out there who have a passion of some kind, whether that's a gym or a line of clothing uh, that really want to pursue it, but don't want to get stuck in the trap of, I used to love it. And now I resent it. Cause I think I see that a lot with people who are really passionate about something as a hobby. It's great for yourself, mm-hmm. but then you go and do it and you're like, well, shit, this sucks. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I think I haven't had to struggle with that 
kind of debate yet. Um, but like, I see it a lot and you see it a lot in the CrossFit world. Yeah. Um, you know, people have this passion for fitness, have this passion for coaching, have this passion for helping others. Uh, you open a business, guess what? You are doing those things, but you have 10 other things that come along with it. You have the marketing aspect, you have the keeping members happy aspect, you have the payroll, cleaning the bathrooms, (laughs) like all these things that you have to figure out. And that, you you know, all you all at the time when you started, you're like, I just want to help people. I just want to coach other people. I want to, you know, you know, talk to other people. And you don't think about this, you know, there's 20 other things that come along with, you know, owning a gym or running a business. Um, But it really and, you know, we've we've touched on this a bunch throughout the last, you know, whatever, 30 minutes or whatever, it really comes down to the community. Um, I wouldn't be, this gym wouldn't be as successful if it wasn't for the community. Um, We have coaches that go above and beyond. We have coaches that offer to clean the bathrooms. We have coaches that show up and clean when they need to do things that is not in their job description but they want to see us be a successful gym. So they have room, they have room to give back to the community here and make it a better place for everybody. And I see that across the board members as members as well. Like always asking me like, Hey, what can I do? How can I help? Like, do you need me to do this? Do I need to, you know, how can I help you or help the gym or help the community or help fire? Like I, I hear it all the time. And I don't know if that's a testament of, you know, me personally and kind of what I project and how I project to individuals. I don't know if it's that or if it's just we have amazing people in our community. I'm going to put you on the spot again a little bit. So I had two coaches over the last year. It's been a year now since I joined. So something like that. And one of them said to me, um, you know, I have been looking for a home and a person to really follow, like to really believe in. And then I found Fred. So that's what this coach said to me. Never, I've, I, I didn't put her up to this. No, I've, never, no. I've never heard this before. This was, so this is new. Yeah. And you know, I like to listen. So I asked the coach questions. Uh, it, it was unsolicited from this person. And then another one's like, I've never worked at a gym um, that I have felt has had such high standards. And I thought that was really interesting too. So I'm, I would love to hear your thoughts on leadership, but also how do you particularly in a people business where however they behave as their coaching is how like you're not there all the time. So they're your representative and the gym's representative, the community's representative, frankly, how do you as a leader allow people room to be themselves, but also set a standard and a tone that should hopefully be infused across everything you do. Man, that's, that's really deep. I, (laughs) I have never thought about it like that deeply. Um, I will say my leadership style stems from being open and honest and communication as much as possible um being upright and uh frank when you know we need to have those conversations um yeah that's wow that's that's okay well first off the two coaches like i i I appreciate that that makes me feel really special like i think going into opening the gym i wanted to do CrossFit differently. I wanted to have those standards. I wanted to make sure our athletes are, you know, performing movements safely, but also to a standard where they can get better themselves. Um, I think there comes, you know, a quality versus quantity 
debate here. Like I'm, I will take quality, you know, quality coaches, quality members a hundred times over, you know, maybe, you know, just fill in the gym just because of the, the, the bottom line. I'm not into that. Um, I'd rather have, you know, a far superior, far better product, um, than other, than other CrossFit. So, you know, I, I didn't answer your question. I know we got kind of off topic well, here. This was like the couch question. You're like, yeah. And I don't know that I've ever shared with you that either of those coaches said those things to me yeah. over the last year. I mean, one of them was yeah. when you first opened the gym. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, and, it just know, stuck. It just stuck with me yeah. that these people said these things unsolicited. I wasn't yeah. asking them, what do you like about the gym? Do you like yeah. it here? How's your other you know jobs going? It, mm. it just came unsolicited. But I want to dig into one thing you said, which I value a lot, um, which is frankness or directness or having the conversations. And I think all too often, part of the reason things go wrong between people is the conversations aren't real and they're not, you're not saying what you're really need to say. Mm -hmm. And it's been my experience that even with the conversations that aren't fun, if it's done in a respectful way, the person's actually glad it happened. It's not kind of the other way around. If they're not, then they probably have their own drama (laughs) to deal with. But we just talk a little bit about that kind of your feeling on that and your approach, because I think for listeners out there, that's a really important lesson to take away of like, how do I have conversations that I need to have to build better relationships and better outcomes? I think, you know, it all comes down to, like you were saying, like personal relationships and really understanding somebody's, you know, where they are and meet them where they are that day. Um, That's powerful. Maybe they're having a rough day and that conversation's, you know, a quick text message, or maybe that conversation is just listening. You know, maybe that conversation is just, you know, hand on their shoulder and say, Hey, it's going to be okay. This is, you know, where we are today, like having that conversation, but it's just really meeting that individual where they are at that particular moment. And for me, I think that's a skill that I have. Um, I don't know where I learned it. I don't know how I learned it, but I'm really good at understanding somebody. I can read them pretty well. Like, you know, are they emotionally like, where are they? Are they excited? Are they sad? Like I I can read that. And then I can adjust my conversation based on the needs of that individual. Um, You know, I I think a lot of this and a lot of, a lot of messages can get misconstrued uh, when you're writing down a text message or an email. Like I think, there's a need and there's a purpose like for that, but some conversations you need to have face to face. Um, you need to say, Hey, listen, like meet me for coffee or meet me for a beer. Like, let's just have a conversation. And that face to face really goes a lot further than sending a text message that, you know, my intent or my, um, tone behind the text message may be much different than somebody else interprets that text message. So, a lot of my leadership and communication style is that face-to-face. I feel like we go a lot further and we are able to meet in the middle yeah. when we're meeting face-to-face versus like a text message. And I think to the to add to that is not having a drive-by conversation where it's like, look, I have two minutes. I'm going to tell you what I think you're doing wrong and what you need to change. And then, okay, bye. Right. Yeah. But really taking the time to be present with a person. I love what you said about meeting people where they are. Uh, Because I think sometimes we're one place and they're another place. So we're talking from our place, but not from their place. And then we get mad because they didn't, they didn't internalize or take in what we were trying to say. Right. They're like, why didn't they understand me? I don't understand why they're still doing that behavior. I said it, you know, but we misconstrue that all the time. 
what do you want people to feel or experience when they come into this gym? I want every single person when they come into this gym to feel like it's a safe space for them, somewhere that they can feel comfortable in their own body, somewhere that they can feel like they can challenge themselves in ways that they've never been challenged before, um, a place that they can make new friendships, not just, you know, go out for drinks, but lifelong friendships. I want this to be a space where people can come and mentor our fire athletes when, you know, when they're in need. I want every athlete that walks through this door to understand, like, this is more than just fitness, more than just CrossFit. We're trying to build something that's much larger than all that here. Um, fitness is what brings us together and it's fun to talk about and cry about sometimes, but, um, and complain, CrossFitters love complaining. Yep. Um, and put on chalk and put on chalk. Yeah. Yeah. All, all the, you know, standard cliches that you hear about CrossFit, it happens here. Um, but you know, we're much more than that. Like yeah. we are really trying to make this small little community that we're in right here, a much better place trying to make Denver a better place, trying to make Colorado a better place, just trying to make the world a better place. Um, and I think, you know, our, you know, group here, you know, it starts with, starts with us. Like we want to be the change that, you know, we want to see. So like starting here, growing, you know, larger and larger and making larger impacts. Um, we may not know for months, years, decades, the impact that we had on somebody, but, I'm going to try. I'm going to try every day. I'm going to give 100% to me. I'm going to try to give 100% to every member here, to every coach, to my family, and just, you know, try to put the best product available to um, make an impact. When you, I love all that. And when you say 100%, it makes me think maybe this is the slight pessimist in me that some people are like, well, I gave 100%. It's all I had today, right? Like it's, it's a, a way to let yourself out of giving 100% in some ways. For you, if you were to define, like for me, 100% looks like this, what is that? It changes. Every day is very dynamic. And, you know, I'm no math person, but... Um, <laughs> me I either, know, so great. Yeah, but I know that if I give 100% at the gym one day, there's other aspects of my life that I'm not going to be able to give 100%. And I know that. Um, it's just all about balancing what at that time needs me and needs me my 100% or 75 25 whatever like i said i'm not good at math whatever that balance of you know 100% is it's all about figuring out the right balance of where i can give a little bit here but take a little bit from here um and you were talking about burnout earlier yeah. and all that stuff i think when a person tries to go above that 100% and try to give more energy than they have in one area of their life, that's when you get burnt out. Like that's when things start to go not in the direction as you plan them, but in a different direction. So really understanding how to balance the multiple areas in our life is really important. My wife tells me all the time that I do a fantastic job at balancing that. Um, like I said, I don't know where I learned it. Like, <laughs> like there's no class in balancing life that I'm aware of. There maybe is, but um, yeah, I don't know 
I think it's just me and having my North star pointed in the right direction. My heart's in the right direction. So basically just understanding where, you know, internal Fred says to go that day. And I go that way. And I just, everything I do, I just give, you know, the most of, you know, what I can offer at that time. So I think what you just said gives me a little bit of relief. Uh, and, and probably a lot of listeners believe, which is 100% is 100% in a focused area in one time. It's not 100% on everything. It's, you know, here's the thing that needs to be my attention, needs my attention today. So that's what I'm going to give 100% to. And then tomorrow, this gets 100%. And I think you're right. I mean, I know when I experience burnout, it's because I wake up in the morning and make the decision that I'm going to be full steam ahead for everything, every element all day. And then halfway through the day, I feel like a failure because I'm like 50% across everything and nothing's getting done the way it needs to get done. And I've definitely learned that, you know, when I'm doing work stuff, I'm all in when I'm doing podcasts, like this, this is my world. When I'm with my kids, that is my world, Mm -hmm. but it's been a hard lesson because I mean, I don't know. I'm a type A person. I think you are too. Like there's part of me that's like, I should be hundred percent all the time, every time. And it's just not possible. Right. So I'd say I was a type A person. (laughs) You're recovering. I, I don't know what, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was I kids. Um, like I was really like things had to go my way or I was upset or things had to be <laughs> a certain way or I was upset. But as you get, as I got older, like I am far from that. Like I'll set a framework in place. And if we're kind of in that left and right of the framework, I'm pretty happy these days. Um, whereas like 10 years ago, I'm like, this is the only way, like, and if it's not that way, I'm like, am I a failure kind of thing? So these boundaries, um, and again, they change, they change with every task. They change with every day. Um, I'm always constantly adjusting, but I think I've, I think I've changed a little bit. (laughs) Look at you. I know. And and I, and I don't know if like, like the self-reflection or, you know, maybe the, you know, the coaching with, you know, young athletes, maybe that's kind of what opened up my eyes to different um, priorities. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's my kids, you know, it could be a million different things, but yeah. It's funny. My, uh, my man will sometimes like, I'll get riled up about something. He'll be like, you can just let it go. I'm like I can what? I can what? <laughs> so I'm still working on it. Um, but I have found that like the more I let go, the, actually the better the outcome is because wh- whomever is doing what I thought had to be done a certain way might do it differently and might do it better actually it turns out yeah so it actually less stress on me and a better outcome for everybody but i'm so busy like i think of it as have you ever seen a dog with a you know those kong balls where you put peanut butter in and they get super obsessed yeah i feel like it's a little bit like the kong ball like it's in front of you and you're so focused on that that you don't realize there's a whole plate of bacon right next to you because you're so focused on this is how it has to look and this is my line of sight um will you just close out and you had said I thought it was so powerful because it's one I want to close on. You had said your heart and your North stars and like in the right direction. And I think in this pointing in the same direction, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people out there suffer from feeling disjointed because their heart, their mind, their North star are all in different directions for a million reasons. How do you get those things in alignment or how did you think about yours coming together? Yeah. So that's a really, really great question. Um, I think it all stems from, what's most important to me. And that is my family, right? That's my wife. That's my kids. Um, And really doing everything 
else as like a kind of way to make that that thrive right so you know we think about like this kind of scenario of like big rocks and little rocks um you know big rock being something that's really important to you little rock being something that's maybe important but not as important um my big my big rock my boulder my thing that really grounds me um is my family uh making sure my wife you know all her needs are met making sure my wife and kids you know i'm being the best dad being the best husband um if i can do that then all these other small rocks uh, kind of fall into place. Do you feel it when you're out of alignment of North Star? I do. Yeah, yeah. I do. You just know, huh? I just, you just kind of have this kind of feeling that, you know, A, B, and C aren't aligned. So you're just going to skip ahead and go to X, Y, and Z kind of deal. And you don't know how you got there. You don't know the path you took, but um, it's going to sound, because we've been talking about CrossFit a bunch, yeah. but really like working out kind of grounds me and resets me personally. Like if I'm having a day where I'm like, I don't know what, what the hell happened today. Like we're in a really bad direction. Like nothing's aligning. I'm not able to do, you know, take care of my family. I'm not able to do all the things that I set out to do that day. Um, if I come in and get a workout, maybe that's alone. Maybe that's in a class. If I come get a workout, I feel like, my that's like the the easy button the reset button and i'm in a much better path after that and my head is much clearer i can make better decisions um i know we're, we're talking a lot about crossfit and it's really oh, cliche okay. to Look, say my life so, I'm so with it. um but to be honest like that is 100 the truth yeah um sometimes we need that reset button um and for some people it's crossfit for some people it's yoga it could be you know taking a walk or running a marathon, um, closing a big deal, like whatever that reset button is, we all need it every once in a while. Yeah, I agree. I kind of need it daily. So yeah. here I am <laughs> most days. <laughs> well, Fred, this has been amazing. I'll put the link to the to the gym on the Antifire on the show notes so that if you live in Colorado, I would come join, obviously, and or dropping in. We get a lot of drop-ins. A lot of drop-ins, yeah. Yeah. Um, because we're kind of close to the medical campus and there's a bunch of other stuff around here, I think that. Yeah, it's a big aviation yeah. kind of area, defense area. Um, the Gaylord's really close. So we get a lot of drop-ins from there as well. So yeah, if you're ever in Denver or if you're going up to Summit County to go ski. Stop here first. Stop here. Yeah, get a workout in. Come okay. say hi. Well, Fred, thank you. I've, I've known you for a year now. We've done a lot of stuff with fire and the gym and it's just, it's been fun it's been great, not fun. It's been great to see the transformation of the people at the gym and the fire kids. So thank you for all that. Yeah, no, thank you so much for hosting me today. I really appreciate it.